0: Welcome and good evening to the regular meeting of the HPC Historical Preservation Commission for Thursday, January 18th, 2024. Director Phillips, would you... Call the roll, please.
1: Yes, thank you, Chair, and a few remarks before I call roll. Good evening to you, commissioners, staff, and members of the public. This evening's meeting is being held at City of Sausalito Council Chambers at 420 Litho Street and is open to members of the public. Members of the public may also access this meeting and provide public comment through Zoom. With that, I will move to call roll, and I will just note, this roll will include Commissioner Cornelius's first vote uh, or, or first action on the commission. Commissioner Cornelius. Are you present? I'm present. Thank Commissioner you. Weber. I am present. Vice Chair Newman. Present. Chair Nichols. Here. We have achieved quorum. Yay. Back to you, Chair. Next
2: item
0: for businesses approval of the agenda. We only have one business item tonight and i hope that you've all looked at your agendas is there any additions or changes and if not i'll entertain a motion okay motion to approve is there a second i'll second thank you
1: commissioner cornelius
0: aye aye or nay
1: commissioner weber vice chair newman aye Chair Nichols, Hi. motion passes.
0: Thank you. Uh, it looks like we will not have minutes tonight. Perhaps we'll have them for next meeting. So we'll move right on to public comments for items that are not on the agenda. So if there's anyone that would like to speak on any subject that is not 215 um, Main Street, excuse me, I should know that by heart. Um, you're welcome to to uh, have three minutes to address the the board. And Can I'll just p- come up to the podium and state your name.
1: Now'll just make an additional comment, video or audio public comment participation is limited to three minutes per speaker. If you'd like to make a comment, please raise your hand in person or in the Zoom application, and you will be called upon when it is your time to speak to raise your hand from a phone, press star nine. Each speaker will be notified when time has elapsed.
3: Okay, sorry, my name is Daniel Shador, owner of the Gables in Sausalito that operates in three historic buildings in downtown Sausalito in the downtown historic district. Uh, this is, just, I wanted to just have a discussion, bring up a discussionary topic for you to, you to, to digest and think about. Um, the HBC's mandate is to protect our downtown historic district. You might know that there is one site that has been put into the downtown historic district that is a housing opportunity site. Uh, that site would uh, allows for a ministerial process. The height can be can actually on Princess Street could be allowed to 45 feet. It can break all the rules. You will have no input on the design and character of that, that building potentially. And my question is is how can you as a board and HBC and Brandon perhaps find a way so that you can have some sort of architectural controls on a housing site within our downtown historic district? Thank you.
0: First of all, we can't comment on this, but I can direct staff, I'm not sure which parcel you're talking about. So um, maybe Director Phipps is we can talk a little bit but not a lot because it's not been on the agenda.
1: I, I won't speak to this too much, as, as yeah, we, we can't really discuss. Uh, but I am aware of the parcel that Mr. Chodor is referencing or referencing his comment. And uh, if HPC would like to direct staff to look into that a little bit further, uh, we, we can do that. And we can discuss potentially agendizing it at a future meeting also.
0: OK. If there's no objection from the board, i suggest we do that. We do that. Thank you. Thank you for bringing it to our attention.
1: I believe we approved the agenda uh, as it is currently ordered. Sure. My only communication this evening is CDD successfully hired our newest assistant planner. His name is Adam Blair, and he is in fact in the audience with us this evening, along with senior planner Robert Busick. Thanks, Adam, for raising your hand. He's just checking out how um, our process works here, and specifically how the HPC conducts its meetings, so we appreciate him being present, and we look forward to him potentially addressing the commission at a future hearing in connection with one of his own items. That is the update for CDD. Thank you.
0: Great. Thank you. Welcome. We're Really, always happy to have a full community development department. <laughs> Thank you. Does anyone on the, the board um, commission have any communications they'd like to share? I really have nothing, so we'll wrap that up. Thank you. Okay, we public hearing item, which is 7A. I believe we'll get an update from our planner and. Can I just clarify at the beginning, we have the same staff report and the same review reports as we had last meeting when we weren't able to meet.
4: Exactly. I just updated the dates.
0: Yeah. Okay. Thank you.
4: You're welcome. Good evening, everyone. Welcome, Mr. Cornelius, Commissioner Cornelius. Um, We've had quite a day today, so you'll forgive me if I get a little spacey on you. It's been a busy one. Um, This particular application is for 215 Main Street. As you noted, it is a historic determination hearing. The subject property um, is located in the downtown Hurricane Gulch neighborhood. Uh, It fronts um, facing the San Francisco Bay and on Main and Second Streets. The site originally housed the Nunes Brothers Boat and Ways Company, which was closed in 1958 after closure, the remaining Nunes family redeveloped the site in the 1960s with the current three-story um, mid-century modern style apartment building that is there today. The original boatwork structures, docks, et cetera, of the boat building, Boatways Company were all demolished to make way for the new building and facilitate the new construction. Um, For the city's purposes, we're trying to determine under CEQA whether the building itself, being from the 1960s, is eligible for listing on the historic resources inventory or or eligible under the the state guidelines for historic designation. Staff has determined, uh, based on our review and review of the historic reports, that it is not, but this is really a determination for the Heritage Board, and so we're just going to present our findings. And then the board will, or commission, will have to take it from there. Um, Our original initial review, our historic architect, Jerry Hulan, did take a look at the building and created a very brief report that had minimal research, where she indicated there was this chance that it could have some historic importance, and it probably warranted further evaluation. Therefore, the property owners also hired um, Mark Holbert to review the property, and he did a much more in-depth review of the project, of the site, and has determined that the project is not eligible. Um, taking into account both consulting historic architects, um, the city's historic preservation policies, and, uh, and our current listings, um, HPC now needs to determine if this building might be qualified based on the two reports, um, uh, this will be according to the criterion contained in the public resources code and the California code of regulations for each four criterion that are provided for you in the staff report. HPC needs to answer whether you find the building to be historically significant or not historically significant. And the final determination and recommendation recommendation will be then presented to the planning commission when we move forward with a proposal to remodel this building before the planning commission. So the criterion are generally, um, is it associated with events that have made a significant contribution to the broad pattern of California's history and cultural heritage? Is it associated with the lives of persons important in our past? Does it embody the distinctive characteristics of a type, period, region, or method of construction, or represent the work of an important creative individual, or possess high artistic value? And has it yielded, or may be likely to yield, information important to prehistory or history? With regard to Criterion 1, although the site has historic significance as a notable boatwork site operated by a notable family in Lark's or Sausalito, the use and associated structures have all been demolished, and there's no evidence of any historic importance associated with the apartment building itself. With regard to Criterion 2, although the Nunes brothers who are associated with the site are historically significant to Sausalito, they, are, they were boat builders, and the importance of their work in history does not convey to the apartment building. With regard to Criterion 3, the historic architect has concluded that this 1960s apartment building is a basic economical construction and a simplistic modern design, lacking distinction. Sex architecture has no potential historic merit. And with gar- regard to Criterion 4, As previously established in the body of the historic report, there is no significant history associated with the structure itself. Staff does note that Hurricane Gulch is is an area that has been known to yield archaeological findings, and it could be that there was once some in this location. The building currently has completely disturbed the site and is sitting on the entire parcel. There is no plans to do any additional excavation or work that would uncover anything if it is there, so at this point, there is no current potential for new excavation, and the site does not have the potential to yield important prehistory or history of, in the, for the local area. So staff recommends the commission review the information presented and determine whether or not it concurs with staff's determination that the project does not qualify under CEQA as a historic resource. And that concludes my report.
0: Does anyone have any questions of staff? This is just on the staff report right now. Any questions for Christian before the applicant? Okay. Hearing none, would the applicant like to come up? Or the owner or the architect?
5: Hello, I'm Michael Rex, architect representing the property owner, North Coast Living, and we have with us tonight the project manager who um, with North Coast Living, Pete Lilly, um, and also Mark Holbert, um, our historical cons- architect consultant. And um, I'm going to turn the mic over to him. I just wanted to introduce um, who I'm sitting with and uh, Pete, who for whom we work. Thank you.
0: Thank
6: you. Good evening and all. Nice to be back. <laughs> We tried last month. Um, yeah, so I, I don't think I'll add, I, I don't think I'll painstakingly add anything to the record. I think the staff has summarized my findings. I think the record is very plain and clear on what the, the nature of this building is and the nature of this property. So, But I'd be happy to um, clarify or answer any questions that you may have um, as you debate this subject.
0: Good. I think we may have some, so let's see if we do. Please. anybody have any questions, now this is on Mr. Holberg's architectural report. So anything, do um, you want to start, Brad? Do you want to have us do it first? Yeah, sure. Okay, Angela, do you have one? I do have one question. Okay, use your mic, okay? So you I do have up. one question. On the Thank you.
6: The mic's not on.
2: CHR Criterion 3, it seemed ambiguous in its conclusion about mid-century modern um, international style. Several terms were used. Um, Could you expound just briefly on the ambiguity of eligibility?
6: Well, okay. Under Criterion 3, it's like the subject's design and construction distinction one of the primary parts of that criterion and it's we're really looking for uh, a, a unique distinctive work of architecture i mean it, its style i've basically identified as mid-century modern it's 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 really a default position in this case because of its basic qualities i mean i, I did colloquially call it um Motel Modern, I think, is it actually is somewhat a more accurate um, description of the building. Um, it it has a, a range of mid-century characteristics um, and, you know, overhanging eaves and obviously flat roofs and, you know, some canted windows. And so it has a, it has a number of, of items that, you know, one can check off on a checklist of mid-century modern. Um, certainly, Nothing that stands out as distinctive, um, in particular, externally. Um, The the exterior of the building is rather stark and windowless, which is an odd um, characteristic for for modern buildings in particular, certainly for international style, which um, I know the other consultant had indicated um, a preference for international style. I found no relationship to international style, the building was brown to begin with, as a matter of fact. So, I mean, you know, it doesn't kind of convey that. It doesn't have ribbon windows, so it has a very minimal range of, again, what I call basic mid-century modern characteristics. And in under Criterion three, we're we're looking for, you know, the word the the operative term is distinction, and where we're looking for something very unique and you know of its own. And and I don't think we see that here. And of course. Another part of, of Criterion 3 is is um, whether um, designers or builders have um, potential importance. And in, in this case, it was Albert Saranian, Cer- a, a professional I'd never heard of prior to that. And I'm not, certainly not a marker there, except I do a whole lot of this work. And so I, I got to learn something about Saranian, um, a San Francisco architect that for two and a half decades, three decades, and um, one who is not recognized, not identified as a professional of historical importance, and, and and I think I dug up everything I could find about the guy. And so you know the, the those are the two primary aspects of cri- criterion three. So distinction is not there. I think we can all agree on that. And and the architect is certainly not of um, important historically.
2: I just had one more comment. The signage you described as modern. I think the signage might be the only part of the property yeah. that is distinctive.
6: Well, it's true. I mean, it's interesting that that's the stylistic element of the building and 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 as I also point out, the palm trees actually but together the signage and the palm trees, you know, show us a kind of Miami style of mid-century, but I mean, those don't add up. So, thank you for the question
0: just follow up mark um i want to be clear we've got two different eras going here we know the nunez boat boatyard was on this site it really has no relevance in my view to this building that was built in the 60s so the area of significance is at least the 60s forward correct yes well when you go to modern and the simplest definition is 1930s to the 1950s so I don't think we've quite hit on the era here, at least. Well, it's it. late.
6: It, it's it's certainly late, but I mean, it it depends upon which source you look at. I mean, the the, the mid century, both mid century and international actually span into the early nineteen sixties before they find kind of fade away, right? And so it, you know, and that's that's not uncommon in the Bay Area because we were a little bit behind the curve stylistically. So our buildings came a little bit later, but. I don't have the references in front of me, but I know that that several of the references that I turn to for um, stylistic determinations span into the 60s for the modern and for both mid-century and for for international, uniquely for international, I don't know. know.
0: So can you agree, though, for the purposes of this review that we're really totally eliminating anything related to the boatyard? That was a different era. We're just talking about this building. Yes,
6: I mean, while the Nunez, well, one of the Nunez family was... sponsor of this of this development um largely speculative and because they didn't retain ownership of it and um and of course they were important for they were boat builders i mean and and, you know it's there were important boat builders and 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 from what i understand i'm not a a boat expert but i i kind of gathered that there are any number of nunez brothers boats on the bay today you know that and it's really it's those structures and those objects which would convey importance about the Nunez. on you know and if their boatworks was there or something of their boatworks was there we could take that into consideration we can't presume that it was historic of course it was never identified as that way but you know the Nunez is you know they, they are clearly important to to waterfront history and um, but unfortunately, every vestige, even even the the late wharf structures that they constructed in the 50s, um, which survived into the 60s, were then removed. So, I mean, we have nothing to hang our hat on with regard to the Nunez and their maritime history.
0: Okay. Um, I'll be remiss if I don't pass on something that a Portuguese researcher up in the history room told me about their name. Their name, because it's Portuguese, is not Nunes Brothers, which I kept calling them. Uh, it's Nunesh Brothers. Ah,
6: uh, okay. Yes. And I did have a, a dialogue with that gentleman. Remind me his name? Uh, I'm, uh, sorry. Yeah. I, I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understood he was a, he was something of an expert on the Portuguese.
0: Oh, Mike, Mike Moyle. Mike, yes. yeah, there it is. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> David, do you have anything? I have a few more things, but do you have anything... Strikes you on the report or while Mark's up with us? Yeah. No? Okay. Anything
5: I'd say, Mark, is that bringing international style into this is a long stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I think uh, Southern California mid century modern is much more appropriate in terms of what's written here. So, anyway, it's just a comment. I, I think, agree with you. I yes. think the report was a little bit too extensive uh, in terms of trying to bring in uh, international style into this is, I think, like a mile-long stretch. <laughs> a
6: yes. I, I'm in agreement, and I think the the, the subject there was that it, it was raised by, not by myself, but by uh, the other consultant. And, and then... In the Sausalito context, of course, you have to look at the context, there's, and there's only two styles to look at in the context, so, you know, kind of cornered into that subject. Um,
7: I mean, I do want to point out in, in Ms. halon's um uh, report that there, these, uh, integrated lights in the columns and, uh, some of these other little details are, I think somewhat notable, somewhat worth, uh, at least celebrating in, in terms of, um, what they do lend to the style. Um, I, I think that those little touches are limited and I agree that it, um, it probably doesn't, uh, rise to, um, the criteria of, of meeting, um, the, um, uh, the third uh qualification so um yeah no questions really i i agree with most of what you said and um and appreciate your input and and your expertise on this
6: thank you and welcome
0: so i have a couple of questions and because we got these two reports that are diametrically posed which is often the case when two people do reviews if they're they're Factual, but they're somewhat subjective by our knowledge and our experience. Um, I was surprised how fast Jerry um, turned back over on her opinion. So I want to ask you, what is it that you feel is totally disqualifying this building? As she's called out some of these characteristics, and you as well um, with the glass, the the canted glass walls that were being used around this time someone brought to my attention the salt building in southern california this was done for reflections near water it was kind of an innovative thing for sausalito at that time that this person may not have been not a master tech architect anymore architect of merit but certainly was doing something unique for the site using every bit of the site creating a courtyard design that that uh, took advantage of the breezes and cooling and didn't probably have windows in the front because that's where the water, the uh, wind, giving Hurricane Gulch its name, roars down that street. So, help me understand well, what what disqualifies this as being unique or a, a good approach to to that site. Um, the other thing would be, you know, you do mention the vinyl replacement windows, which are kind of like this in preservation, but those you know, have been changed and replaced before there's going to be a remodel. So I'm just, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to help myself get convinced that I can make the findings because I'm, I'm not totally convinced now that it isn't worth having some distinction.
6: Okay. Fair enough. Um, And I, I won't speak for the other consultant. I don't know what their findings and I do know that they took my work seriously and, and suggested that it, it, and it, I do, it followed the right.
0: I don't mean to suggest I don't I do research to, yeah
6: I mean i I just find it to be a very, very plain building. I'm considering its scale uh, and plain I don't by plain I don't mean distinctively plain you know there's like a lot of straightforward modern buildings that are lean and mean and 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 you know distinctive in that regard. but this one has has the most plain aspects. Um, it, it is it is wrapped in balconies with vertical picket rails. It's got a lot of vertical elements. It's just a strangely broken up horizontal. What could otherwise be a strongly horizontal design, but is not, and it was not originally. The you know the number of features that this building has for its size are so minimal you know you're you're dealing with mean, again you, what what's the features i mean it's got these groups of wood posts and it's got wood picket railings i mean the most common features in 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 all eras you know farmhouse design and farmhouse construction not a distinctive modern element whatsoever the the only you know design features as we briefly mentioned is the, is the signage you know and the signage was applied of course and it's just a graphic and and at the ends of the balconies on the north and south ends side excuse me at the at the very ends towards the water where where the balconies meet the meet the vertical walls there was a grouping of vertical posts that created a screen so the, there are these two small screens now th- there were other screens added when they modified railings and you know did it, and it just kind of added some more of those elements, but were not original to the design, were much later to the design. Um, You know, what do we see then? We see those posts, we see a flat roof. I mean, a flat roof is a qualifying feature of modern buildings, but it's, in this case, it is not an important feature of the building. It just happens to have a flat roof and happens to have flat roofs. So so, what do we have? We we don't have any cantilever. We have two cantilevered sections, which I as I point out are, are a fraction of the overall balconies. I mean, you know, a fraction. The, the rest of the balconies are all vertically supported. The 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 canted windows is probably the most unique feature in here. And, and the weird, they were wood. They, there's many of them still are wood. Um, yeah. Okay. They came out of, a, to me, they came out of a pattern book. In fact, I think I referenced that pattern book, uh, as does the U-shape. It comes out of a pattern book for motel design. I mean, that's, this, these architects were motel architects. And, you know, that's why this comes off that way. That's why it's kind of like, how could it have distinction if we can't even tell if it's an apartment building or, an, or a motel as a, as a building typology? But I'll tell you what else, the other thing, going through the building, carefully going through the building, Realizing the canted windows don't do anything; they don't give you views of the water. They're just a, they're just a little tilt in the front wall, and they, what they do is they occupy they waste balcony. They they kind of sweep themselves out onto these little balconies, and they they diagonally slash these balconies in half. And they don't because of the orient because of the narrow orientation of the courtyard they don't give you views of the of the water. So it's kind of like okay, they used it formulaically. They didn't effectively use it. Why? Why didn't you know? So it was really you know. And then and then you know we look over at, at the Wharf Motel and, and at Fisherman's Wharf and see the same design, same architect, same design posts, you know, vertical post, um, vertical picket railings. You know, I, I, I just find it very very generic. And and you know we're, we're again we're looking for distinction. We're looking for really, you know. Characteristic materials that stand out, that are outstanding, that are, you know, you know, in in a sense, one of a kind. That's really what we're looking for when we're looking for a distinction, you know. And and I think, you know, to I know I've worked in Sausalito for decades. I mean, I really know and appreciate the city and and the and the environs here. And. As you do and i I don't mean to you know overstep there i know there's a lot of you know real supporting historians in this town and people who are very focused on this town but but i i look at this building as as i finally i didn't make draw conclusions ahead of time i'm going to do the research i don't know anything about this building i'm going to do the research i'm going to figure it out right 1960s is a bit of a challenge because we haven't done a ton of them right i mean although i will say i've had the pleasure of analyzing dozens of modern pieces of modern architecture at this point in my career and have come to really find them uh, find a really strong appreciation for them really strong appreciation that there's something there's a language there that I can hang my hat on for sure as a a historian right, but not on this building and and I'd be amazed to think that Sausalito would pick this as as like uh, one of the first modern buildings that they would consider as historic. It would, I don't think it belongs on an historic list in Sausalito. And I don't think it would serve the Sausalito appropriately. There are other better examples, easily found better examples of modern apartment buildings in Sausalito that haven't been even thought about, you know. So this one is, it would be a very, very low room to establish. And and again, I just, I uh, to circle all the way back, I, I just don't see, features of di- enough features of distinction to even cross a threshold of consideration. So.
0: I guess what I'm getting at is, um, you know, I'm very clear about what levels need to be reached to put things on the list uh, on any list. But I'm also aware that in Sausalito um, we weren't are always the economic strong um, community that we have now so we did have a lot of vernacular we had a we had a working class um, uh, society right from the bat right off the bat so you see these vernacular houses that some of them maybe were kits but they were the fiber as this city evolved so I see this as evolving around the waterfront I went back through statistics, and there was a jump, as you noted, after the war, the population started going up, so they were you know, building these things. I don't feel compelled to disqualify something because it's not had the best materials, and it wasn't done by Julia Morgan, which, you know, that's a very high bar. So what I'm trying to struggle with is that just because this was an economically built building, there's no other building like it that uses the, again, you say maybe the resources with the plans like the the Sears kit, vernacular, little cottages. But it does convey a time when the waterfront was starting to be developed, the adjacent Cote d'Azur. We know that the McDermott's at End of the Tides were doing theirs. They did it in a different fashion. So to me, I can make, you know, somewhat of a case that this is how our waterfront was evolving after these early, early waterfront uh, boatyards and um, boatyards were being replaced. So um, thank you for your bringing that up. Um, But I I really, you know, to be on Sausalito's register, buildings that are important to people that um, use them as landmarks, they may not have the ability or care about the quality or the if it's an architect of merit, but it's a it's a landmark in their in their city that tells them something about how the buildings evolved. So that's kind of what I'm trying to bring up here just as a community um thought. So I'm gonna um I think thank you for talking me through that. And I'm gonna give the others a chance to Make their conclusions again, bringing you back to the four findings that have to be made. Oh, yeah, I'll do that in my findings, so if David, do you want to do that first It's just to I don't want to put Brad on the spot. he's perfectly capable, but it's his first meeting, so I don't mind okay I, okay, you're going to go through the findings, right? No, no, no,
2: no, I have a few extra questions it, oh, okay, um my extra questions um are in my research, uh McDevitt, the builder, and Sharanian the architect, worked as a in tandem as a pair throwing these things up. And I agree with you, it has motel motel plan book aspects to it. Uh these things were thrown up purely for uh, economic reasons. They weren't designed to be beautiful. They were utilitarian. How structurally sound I mean this is if this thing was thrown up by two people who were not okay it's not an approved question according to our chair but it is relevant to whether this meets criteria three or if it's going to fall down first. You know that's question number one.
0: Well, there is. Just clarify that um, our purview is just to opine and make a decision on the significance historically with the information. All of that structural items will be um, determined by Director Phipps' department, and we have really no say in that.
2: Well, I'm aware of it, but and yet, if it's going to take a big investment to meet criteria three. you know, it is a sort of a historically pertinent question. I don't know.
6: Yeah, I'm. Mean, I don't think I could answer. I don't think there's really an exact question right there. I mean, integrity is an issue. I mean, that that's material design integrity is an issue that arises in in evaluations, right? That, but they don't arise. Up, it, the subject of of structural or design or material integrity doesn't arise up front. It only arises if one finds significance and under the criteria if, if if significance is identified then there's standards of integrity or there's criteria of integrity that have to have to also be met it's not just the four criteria it's four criteria plus integrity but you know we we haven't delved in i mean it's a standing structure you know i, I can speak to it as a, as a historical architect it, it's a standing structure it's going through some motions now to you know renovate it and it has a you know concrete base, which is a you know 1960s concrete base. So it's got some technology in it. You know, not not flimsy. It's not flimsy.
2: Thank you. That's good to know.
0: There's ten- there's tenants in there now, right? It, there's a website.
6: Up- no, there's not tenants in it. A-
0: oh, there's a website asking about more information. I just thought I thought all correct. the tenants yeah. were gone. Okay.
6: It was vacant when I walked through it. There, okay. it, It's not particularly at the moment habitable, honestly. It's, yeah, it's kind of
0: off the record here, but just to, to let you know if there were people in there or not. Thank you. Sure.
5: Mm-hmm. I'm going to ask Kristen the question. <laughs> um, the staff report clearly says that Generally, a resource shall be considered by the lead agency to be historically significant if the resource meets the criteria for listing on the California Register of Historic Resources, et cetera. Uh, and we have a letter dated December 13th from uh, the city's historic uh, preservation consultant, uh, Ms. Uh, Holum, F-A-I-A, I might add, <laughs> And she mentions in her second paragraph, therefore it is my opinion, the building does not merit listing in Sausalito's noteworthy structure inventory. So (laughs) please clarify for the commission what we're dealing with tonight is about the staff report, which is the California Register of Historic Resources, correct? Mm -hmm. And not whether or not has anything applicable to the Sausalito noteworthy structure inventory? Well, Can you clarify that for us, please.
4: I think the first question is whether or not it does qualify under the findings that you've been presenting with tonight, um, and it's triggered through CEQA, which provides us with a with a a layer of protection to find these buildings that have been missed that are historically significant. But once you make these determinations that that does have some kind of relevance, you would certainly take the next step and look to add it to your inventory because that gives you the formal ability to review it in a manner that works with the city regulations. Um, The inventory, of course, would then elevate this building to being reviewed under the criteria of the Secretary of the Interior Standards. And it's, it's... It's something you need to consider carefully because if we have to start, if you elevate this to the noteworthy structures list and call it historic, and we have to start applying the Secretary of the Interior standards to anything they want to do to the exterior of this building, you're locking it into the design it has today in perpetuity and trying to protect it because that is the the existing character defining features are the features that it has today when you designate it. So is that really beneficial to the city to do that or the property owner? Is this really necessary? In order, I mean, the building is what it is. It's not going away. The modifications they're going to make are going to modernize some of the exterior appearance if they get approved. <clears throat> but um, I'm not sure you really want to force them to keep all the old lights that Jerry had noted in her original review and those little vertical pickets and lock this thing into what it is today, unless you find that that's truly historically significant in some manner.
5: My basic question is, what are we being asked to act on tonight?
4: You need to determine if those criterion can be made and whether or not the building is historically significant under CEQA.
5: Under CEQA, which is the california register of historic resources right as it's in state, right
4: and jerry just took it to the next level by saying you know the natural step would be if you determine it is eligible that you would add it to your inventory you would go through the council process
5: that's, and attempt to add it but that's secondary to what you're mm-hmm. what's being asked yeah by. it was just
4: a mistake on her part um stating it that way and i didn't catch it but um but we did talk at length, um, Ms. Holland and I, and after reviewing Mr. Holbert's report, which was much more extensively researched than anything she did, she agreed with his conclusions. I just want it to be clear. Hmm.
5: That's, that's what I read here. Okay, I just think- You're welcome. Particularly so, since we, several- Sorry. Several of us uh, may uh, maybe somewhat new to this territory.
3: Mm
0: -hmm.
5: I just want to make sure everyone understands what we're being asked to vote on tonight.
0: Mm -hmm. Thank you. You're welcome. So I'm looking at the letter, and I was going to ask about this. And this is Jerry's follow-up letter on December 13th. And she says, while I do think the building does meet criteria one and two for state historical significance, I don't believe there is anything distinctly, distinctly unique about its architecture. That is a real mixed message to me.
4: Yeah, I did talk I, to I'm her sure about that.
0: This is a mistake, but mm-hmm. this is what we have to review.
4: Well, I'm not sure if it's a mistake. She's not here to clarify this for us, but to the best of my ability, my understanding is she was really noting the site is notable because of the Is that The Nunish brothers' history there and the relevance of the boats and the boat works that they had produced at that time that's really what she was kind of referring to the building itself is associated with them so she was loosely tying that yeah
5: so i just would add i think what she was referring to is that she was convinced that the project did not or this the building, did not comply with criteria Mm 3. Is that your summary?
4: Yeah. The site itself certainly has relevance, but adding this building to the inventory isn't necessarily going to get you in the right direction to acknowledge the site. And we could do that in other methods. Yeah. Right. Anything else?
0: Brad? Not at this time. Okay. Well, we're pretty much going to our deliberations and then we'll have to make the findings. Okay. So before we do that um, irrespective I had asked last time that you consider ask, adding a condition if it's not needed terrific but I don't want to have to come back later and find out nothing has been happened happened on it and that is that is a documented Main Street resource site and just because it's been um, uh you know, cemented over or whatever that that site was documented very early. I don't think it's published. I just ran across it in the history room years ago. We did the same thing for across the road at the um, Valhalla. Michael may remember this, and it's just the condition that, and this is almost state law. There's been so much more interest and focus on native. Um, resources in, in the whole preservation um, area and, and projects, that just like that law, if there's anything found, that the job has to stop immediately. But there needs to be someone on site. And I'm hearing now that there's no excavation. I've been a planning commissioner, and I've been other. And things change. So if it's in there and you have to do it, then it, you're, you're done. And it doesn't hurt anything. I can't with good conscience not uh, go forward with this at that site under four.
4: I, I think that you need, this particular hearing is about whether or not the building itself qualifies for historic preservation under CEQA. Right. But every time we evaluate a project pertinent that is submitted, related to this site, we will always look at the range of information and and requirements that we have to under all of our guiding laws and regulations. So if the design review application proposes any work that appears could impact that, we will certainly bring that up in the reports, include conditions, and make sure it's monitored. But that isn't really relevant to your determination. You can't condition your historic
0: We can recommend conditions, and one of our criteria is criteria 4 so that's what i'm saying and that's really how strongly i feel about this
4: i was under the impression when you recommend conditions it's relevant to the application itself for remodeling not necessarily this on is
0: just if there's any any evidence of discovery on that site which i know to is known to be a site mm-hmm. i'm recommending i know we can't do this but we can put it in a report to the planning commission that that's a condition it doesn't hurt anybody it doesn't tie I will hand. certainly
4: tell them you're recommending that that condition be included because the site in the area is known to have.
0: Right, it's documented. Yeah,
4: it's yeah, it is documented. We're well aware of it as staff. I just want you to know that.
0: <laughs> uh, we've had a, unfortunately, we've had a lot of changes. We have a huge site on Caledonia. We had new people, and they'd actually opened up the ground down there and with the excavators, and so mm-hmm. I happened to be walking by one day. So it doesn't always get translated. So I have great faith in you, and I'm happy the department's full. But if the condition's in there or the recommendation, it's a lot harder to not mm-hmm. understand it.
4: Sure. We Thank can have that recommendation.
5: Thank you. Thank you. Just a question. Is this a former, uh, formerly recognized Bidden site?
4: I would have to go back and take a little review of the research. I can't tell you that that's been documented because this building has been here since the '60s, right. and I doubt that they.
3: Yeah.
4: Uh,
0: this was done really in early. It's either 1910 or some. There was a, there were a bunch of surveys that were done at South There
4: are surveys, and we have information that indicates that this particular area is a, a hot spot. But but that particular site in question, since it was done in the 1960s and probably not evaluated um
0: (laughs) so there's and there's another point in this um related to sort of shoreline development and and the resources we have now related to sea level rise and preservation etc and this is from the county additional vulnerabilities lie in lack of comprehensive data on marine's archaeological resources because the shoreline is only partially surveyed potential leases losses in unmapped areas cannot be fully assessed so people are starting to understand Mm -hmm. that everything may not be done and i don't want to keep belaboring this but i can't let that one go so that's important
2: i i just have one question if we need an archaeological survey how do we do it given the lot coverage Um,
4: Well, this is the kind of situation where you would have observers while they did the work, they're they're not planning or proposing in the application we haven't filed to do any demolition of this site. So if they were, if they were trying to lift the building and put a new foundation in or something crazy, um, we would certainly impose conditions that would have people aware that this is the potential is there and it needs to be observed.
0: anybody want to again review the four findings and give your information for making the findings i'm asking for some comments and moving this along findings i want to make sure no one has any more comments and then we'll entertain a motion if you have one
7: no additional comments
0: Okay. Is there a motion on the floor?
5: <laughs> yeah, I'll go ahead with a clarification from staff. I move that we accept staff recommendation and we proceed accordingly.
0: Is there a second?
7: Yeah, I'll second.
0: Okay. Director Phipps, can you call the roll please?
1: Happy to chair. Thank you.
0: Oh, sorry. We need to have public comment. What?
5: gonna comment further that was questions.
0: Well, I was trying to get your comments about your findings. So if, if so if you there, certainly there's a motion on the floor, it's been seconded. Is there any discussion? Do you have some? Yeah, okay.. <laughs> All right.
5: <laughs> I find this a really interesting project, or I mean challenge, frankly. Um, because if we were talking about Sausalito noteworthy structure inventory, That, to me, is a different discussion than we're having tonight. Uh, If we're complying with the California Register of Historic Places and the four criteria, which is usually what we do here, uh, I think we've been presented by, from my opinion, and I'll point to Mark in particular, uh, since our local, or I'll call... Ms. Holin, our local historic preservation consultant. I think what I saw in this, based on my experiences, uh, Mark, an architectural historian writing about a project and then an architect architect writing about a project or a building, put it bluntly. Um, I think given the criteria the state has given us, Uh, I find it hard to believe that it, according to criteria C, that this building embodies distinctive characteristics of a type, period, region, or a method of construction, or represents the work of an important creative individual, possesses high artistic values. I think the architect did one really good job on that building as an architect is supposed to do, which is take advantage of that site in an incredible way, incorporating the parking in a, a way that wasn't the typical way parking would have been dealt with, with a surface lot, but embodied it into the building, which made it more, inco- uh, <laughs> more acceptable, I'm sure, to the tenants that have lived in that building for 65 years, and also the fact that it really maximized the views in the courtyard, which is how the different apartments were centered. They weren't centered on the walkway. Now, I lived in Southern California for quite a long time, including in Orange County, and it reminded me of motels, to use your term, um, in Laguna Beach, for example. And would it stand out in Laguna Beach? Probably not. But does it stand out as very distinct here in Sausalito? Yes, I would say that. I don't think the skin of the building is particularly well done, and it's probably been changed a lot of times over its 65-year life. But I think that the sighting, the use of The terraces, the people that would have lived there would have, in my opinion, probably enjoyed it a lot. But that's not where we are right now. We're being asked to look at the California Register of Historic Resources Code. And I find that I agree with our city's consultant. I think it does qualify under number one and two and I would further agree with her that I don't think it qualifies under number three because it's not that distinctive and it has been unfortunately modified, some probably because of code, some probably just because it's 65 years old, and some out of just practicality. But I would encourage the architect and the owner and the project manager that keep the bones of this building intact, because I think it's a very strong building as a piece of architecture. Whether or not its skin is terribly distinctive and meets the criteria of mid-century modern. Uh, I think it comes close, and it certainly is distinct, I believe, for Sausalito. But since I'm Being asked to comply with the California Register and CEQA, I'm unfortunately going to say I don't believe it succeeds with criteria three, as um, our present consultant has said, and that our our consultant from the city, (laughs) I might say, reluctantly said. But she did say it, and so... I have a lot of respect for both Mark and Jerry, and I'm gonna go with them on this in terms of criteria three. But I also agree with the chair that this is unique for Sausalito. And again, I'm gonna look at the architect and say, keep the bones of this building and keep the memory of this building and whatever you're gonna propose And you know well I'm not on planning commission, so I won't be able to do anything about it. But um, trust me, I will be watching. When I walked around the site, three different neighbors came over and asked me what I was doing there. And they were all concerned about that building and how much it meant to their neighborhood and how they didn't want it to change their neighborhood and that they wanted, they didn't, they weren't talking about architecture. They were talking about where they live and how they feel. And uh, so anyway, I'll say that to the staff as well. Please consider that. And now I'll quit on my
0: soliloquy. Thank you very much. Thank you, Vice Chair. That was very well said. And I agree with your sentiments. Anybody else like to make any comments before we call a vote? I think we're ready, director Phipps
1: all right, thanks chair Commissioner Cornelius y- yes um I would say i well how how do we want to structure this <laughs> I guess I, if you would like uh, to consider it historic, and nay, if you would like to not consider it historic, let's do that. Nay. Commissioner Weber. Nay. Vice Chair Newman.
5: That's backwards, isn't it? Yeah, I think I propose supporting staff recommendation. I and think I that... thought that's what we seconded. Yeah. So I think what I believe we're voting on is the motion that I proposed and was we'll seconded, which is to support, support. Except to support the staff. Yeah, that's
1: absolutely right. Let's let's do a revote. Yeah. And uh, I to support staff based on the motion that Vice Chair Newman provided. Nay to not do that. Right, Commissioner Cornelius, Commissioner Weber, aye. Vice Chair Newman, aye. Chair Nichols, aye. All right, motion passes.
0: Don't surprise us too much, Michael. um we are now at um item eight our business items and we have the exciting task oh did you want to talk to us
5: i just thought you'd like to know that pete asked that i would inform you that we don't plan on major changes to the to the building to the exterior of the building except lowering the windowsills and repairing the guardrails um we're, most of the work we're doing is interior upgrade because it's horrible inside. Mm-hmm.
0: Thank you for coming back. Yeah. I think people, we can say that to people, and I think a lot of people have been concerned. But thank you very much. Good luck on your project. Oh. That's that's really when
5: I walked around is I wish I had had my mask with me. <laughs> I think there's
0: abatement going on. Yeah.
5: That yeah. was underway. <laughs> interior yeah.
0: So if you would love to know about what our schedule is for 2024 and watch us vote on it, you're welcome to stay. <laughs> Otherwise, you your hearing is concluded and good luck on your project. Okay.
5: I think Michael puts all these dates in his diary anyway, so I'm sure he has them.
2: <laughs> Thank you.
0: His master calendar. Thank you. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Item eight. Um we, in your staff report, you got a copy of the proposed schedule for our meetings, which are the third Thursday at 6 o'clock. And I can't remember. Director Phipps, I don't think there were any exceptions um, that sometimes are triggered by the Planning Commission meeting or whatever. It seemed to me they were consistently on a Thursday.
1: Yes. That we part. are. We are required to commit ourselves to a consistent schedule
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and we have committed ourselves to second and fourth
0: okay and we don't meet in august i noted
1: uh sc- excuse me third <laughs> i'm looking at the planning commission schedule uh, third thursday okay
0: <laughs> so um is do you would you like a roll call vote do you want it by a, a session how what would you like on this
1: oh it can be whatever the commission places
0: Okay, let's just do. Is there any objection to the proposed 2024 schedule for our standard meetings? This would be a regular meeting to put on your calendars. Um, we need we need your participation for quorums, um, and if not, uh, I just if you just want to say I or no, I don't think we need a formal vote. But I want to make sure everybody sees the dates. And if you have any major conflicts that you know about now. Okay. You, are you good, Vice Chair? Okay.
2: Possibly September.
0: Possibly. Okay. In October, possibly September. All right. No conflicts for me. Okay. So these, these are the regular Thursday night meetings, mm-hmm. six o'clock. Okay. Thanks. I think we're good, Director Phipps. Very good. Thank you for bringing that forward. Thank you. Okay, next up is um, every year we elect the chair and vice chair who are uh, by ordinance um, elected by the commission within the commission to serve for one year. My term is up, and so it is on the agenda. And I would, um, in light of vice chair's experience, having been the chair before in his long service, I'd like to nominate him as the chair to kind of get us through this relearning period, and if there's any other suggestion, we can entertain that, and then we'll vote. Can I just ask a question? Uh, we should ask you if you want to do it. <laughs> Will you do it, please?
5: The uh, The chair is renewable, isn't it?
0: or is it for two years and you've done two i years? think i have that i didn't is, i haven't had that many meetings but calendar wise the latter
1: point like... is correct so um
0: we're, we're trying to stick to the the heart of the ordinance i haven't chaired for two years but
1: so just to clarify uh, a chairperson is is not able to sit in the seat for any length beyond two years and the chair is correct um as far as the calendar year is concerned we are at that juncture and beyond it a bit. So um, it would be appropriate to change seats. That does not, I will just clarify, preclude chair from becoming vice chair.
5: I'm sorry.
1: That does not preclude chair taking the seat of vice chair. So it, I'll just say it another way. Vicki may sit as vice chair.
0: OK, well, let's get our chair squared away first. Uh, Currently, Vice Chair Newman has been nominated for those of you that are not as familiar with his resume. He's an architect. He's been on the commission uh, serving as chair and vice chair. He did a great job with his team making sure that uh, issues that were germane and of concern to the historical preservation of Sausalito got into the general plan, which is good, the governing plan for the council to go forward. So... Um, I enthusiastically nominate him as chair and we'll take a vote. I think we do have to vote on this. Are,
1: are, are there any further nominations? No. In that case, yeah, I will call roll. And uh, as opposed to an aye or a nay, please express the name of the commissioner here you would prefer to sit in the seat of chair. Commissioner Cornelius.
2: Uh,
7: Mr. Newman. Commissioner Weber. Mr. Newman. Vice
1: Chair Newman.
2: <laughs> <laughs> me? <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
0: want me to go I'm trying want to...
5: to remember the famous statement from a former president, but I'm not going to bore anybody with that. Thank you very much.
0: Is that an I- I? Yeah, I'm
5: oh, here. You okay. Yes.
0: Uh, and I, Chair Nichols. I, am, I am the final I. And congratulations to Chair Newman. Do you want to? do the next election
5: uh yes <laughs> this is
0: the meeting or you want to do it or what
5: having been clarified that i can nominate uh miss nichols as the vice chair i will need her for all of the support in terms of running these meetings because i tend to be a little more informal uh in terms of running the meetings and uh The former mayor corrected me at least more than three times uh in that regard so in that case i would nominate uh miss nichols as the vice chair
1: any further nominations from the commission okay with that i will call roll commissioner cornelius
5: Uh,
7: commissioner nichols
1: mr weber
0: commissioner nichols
1: chair newman
2: commissioner
5: nichols
0: vice
1: chair nichols
0: i accept and i'm fired up like now with our full commission to start working on getting us some great training from the state and um, doing whatever I can do to help the chair. So thank you.
1: I'd just like to to echo that. Congratulations, Chair Newman. Congratulations, Vice Chair Nichols. Uh, 2024 is going to be an excellent year for the commission and for CDD as a whole, and we really look forward to working with you.
0: They're looking around. They may, <laughs> maybe, they may be thinking of bolting. <laughs> They're kind of looking around.
1: <laughs> it's only Adam's uh, what third day, so oh, <laughs> <laughs> we hope he'll show up on Monday.
0: Well, with that, if, unless anybody has any other um, comments, observations, anything else, um, we did our communications. And that for future, if you have something you'd like to see on a future agenda, that's the time you could bring it up. But we're now at a germinate, and I don't think we need a motion or anything. So um Happy New Year to everybody. And we're getting out early, and it finally got warm in here, so it's time to go. <laughs> Thanks very much, everybody.